This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub the knees. And welcome in to the Onside Kick, the pro football podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. One-stop shop for NFL. Used to be your one-stop shop for the Alliance. Um, and will soon be your one-stop shop for XFL football. I believe they named a new coach that I cannot remember. Well, I, I should say coach slash GM, because that's mm. what they do. In the that's XFL. the terrible decision they've um, made. I think it was Houston now has a coach that I saw. I'm gonna type in XFL really quick too. I think it was there. It is June Jones um, is named cool. the Houston XFL um, GM and good for coach. him. He's got a year or two. Yeah, he's 66 years of age. Will be the head coach and GM of Houston, whatever mascot they decide to be. Of stress on one person to be a head coach and a GM, and I know Bill Bill Belichick manages it. (laughs) I know that Bill Belichick's fine, but he's also winning. Uh, It's a lot of stress to be put on one person, especially when it's a new league where uh, most of the players are going to suck. And let's see, June Jones was an ex-Hawaii and SMU coach. Good for Um, him. Will now be. In the XFL, but we're not unfortunately talking X- a demotion, but that's all right. <laughs> we're not talking XFL today, though. We got all NFL on the mind. Before we get into it, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That is how you help support the channel. Help us. Our big goal is to get out of this little box that we call a recording studio. Um, we want a bigger studio to do more things for you, kind of give us the more space to do better things for you guys as well. And that is our big push on Patreon to help us get a new studio. So as low as a dollar, you can get the MVP podcast a month early. You can also get access to our Discord server that Jake and Retro um, have joined in on and Hubertus, although Hubertus hasn't been talking lately. He's so. just there. Hubertus, I'm talking. He's, I'm, a, he's I'm thro- enjoying and watching. I'm throwing you out just like on the PTP this week. I threw uh, – Pat under the bus because I said, Pat, you still haven't joined. But you got it for as low as a dollar, get in on that Discord server. And as high as $10, you can join any MVP podcast you want once a month and talk about the topic you want to talk about with the podcast that you choose. So go check that link out down below. But, Mark, we're going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns and is OBJ going to be a circus for him? We're going to look at the Jets yet again mm-hmm. because apparently we asked the uh, question of can they make the playoffs and then they go, <laughs> hold my beer, and they uh, fire their GM. Um, so we're going to talk about Peyton Manning possibly being their GM. And then immediately after Adam Gay says, <laughs> I'm in control. Look at the fun things I can do with this team. Uh, and we're like, this is why it's a bad idea. You texted me and you're like, can I change my opinion? Like, can yeah. I do that? You have the can right. Can I say no? You yeah, have I, the right to change that now. I don't trust Adam Case's <laughs> uh, ability to uh, be judgment. a GM. So I'm going to say, you know what? No longer a playoff team. Okay. I'm sorry to the New York Jets. You got, You guys are out. And then we're going to round out the show. This was a topic that I threw out last week for us. We didn't do it last week. We're going to do it this week. Can Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians be successful for the Bucs this year? I know the Bucs also signing Dominic and Sue to a one-year deal today, so we'll kind of throw that in there as well. But before we start with the Browns topic, I have a little question to ask you, Mark, and I kind mm-hmm. of prepped you with this. 
I know your answer, so it's not going to be as raw as if I didn't ask you before. But apparently, I saw this on High Noon today before we came into the podcast. And Sonoris Perry, who's a 27-year-old running back, used to be um, a Chicago Bear, um, has worn 32 throughout his entire high school, college, NFL career, except for 2016 when he joined the Miami Dolphins. People are making a big deal because Sonoris Perry has decided for the Bills now to wear the number 32, which will be the first time that number has been worn by a Buffalo Bill in 42 years. And if you're sitting there going, hmm, I wonder why people are making a big deal about this. It's because a certain running back back in the day used to wear this number for the Bills, and that is O.J. Simpson. I just wanted to ask you, Mm -hmm. are people right to be kind of not outraged, but like, concerned about this, that the Bills are going to have another running back. No, where it is literally the stupidest thing I've heard in, I'm going to go ahead and say months. Okay. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard for people to be like, oh my God, he's going to wear OJ's old number. Who gives a shit? There are so many players in the NFL who mm. are terrible people. Maybe not murder their wife terrible people, but who are terrible I people. Not. I would hope but there's not that. we do also have people in the NFL who have not murdered necessarily their wives, but other people. I mean, Greg Hardy was and, in the NFL. Uh, I mean, he, Greg Hardy didn't murder anybody, but he was Ooh, not that far from pretty it. Pretty close. <laughs> he was literally not very far from it. If you told me, like, if you came in the next day and said, mm-hmm. hey, Greg Hardy killed the significant other, I'd be like, well, we saw that coming. Exactly. Um, There are so many bad people in the NFL, and we wear their numbers, and it's not a problem. Uh, For people to be like, well, you know what? This OJ guy who wore this number 40 years ago, terrible person who uh, totally escaped any type of punishment for a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Um, No one can wear that jersey number anymore. If anything, you are honoring him because why don't you wear jersey numbers? You don't wear them because that is a player who is so good, no one could ever be as good as them again. Mm -hmm. Therefore, no one is allowed to wear that number. So therefore, we are doing the exact same thing to O.J. Simpson and saying, we're going to not let anyone wear his uniform Mm -hmm. number? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I just, my first thing is, first, I wanted to open this up and ask you Mm -hmm. about it because I was intrigued. Um, The first thought I had, um, and this goes against what kind of your Mm -hmm. thought process is, It would almost be like, and I know this is different because this player is a lot better than OJ, and old people are going to get mad at me because I was born after. Um, My memory of OJ is the Bronco chase um, Mm -hmm. with our age, but it would be like a young Laker coming in going, hey, I want to wear the number eight. It's kind of like, don't wear that. If you're going to wear Kobe's number, wear 24. It's not like that at, don't wear at num- all. Don't wear number eight. Because one is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if that's how it works in basketball. I don't give a shit about basketball. Yeah. But the, one is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. The other one is a murdered his wife. Well, I'm, I'm throwing that out there because Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant, when he wore number eight, that's when he had the rape case against mm-hmm. him, where then he switched to 24. And Never life was great. That. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden life is great. <laughs> so that's why uh, we had the number change for Kobe Bryant. That's what I that's the first thought I came of is like we haven't had a Laker take number eight since Kobe Bryant. There's but only they're, four they're Lakers. They're not doing it that. because Kobe raped a girl, allegedly. Uh I don't know why people aren't picking eight for the Lakers. They don't pick it because it's Kobe's damn True. number. Good point. You don't go to the <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know. You you might go to the Wizards and wear 23. Uh, that number but, has no relation to the Wizards. That's our number. Right? That is our number, Mark. But, like, 
Yeah, exactly. You're you're gonna like it's just a stupid mm-hmm. number. If anything, you're giving some weird superstition to it. And the other part about it, I have two things about this, and okay. then I am done. Uh, because it's shocking that we're even talking <laughs> about it. The first thing is there are players wearing Aaron. Her- well, players. There's a player on the Patriots wearing Aaron, Aaron Hernandez's Hernandez. jersey. Uh huh. So this doesn't really matter that much. And then the other thing is, why do we care about it? Because it's the offseason. It's yeah, the only reason it's worth talking about. Nothing to talk about in football right now, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to find stories. We're going to be we found detectives them. and go we're through here. the stories. So uh-huh. now after that, I've got to set up this Browns discussion because um, it has a little bit of leeway. It's not just like, a, oh, here's the question. There you go, Mark. Um, so today on The Herd with Colin Cowherd, um, Colin kind of retorted back because – so. On a past show, he had said and made the comment with OBJ that his career is being described as the catch to then being a circus. Where Mm -hmm. if you look at OJ's memorable moments, and he put up a nice little um, family feud graphic that his guys made up, um, and it says OBJ memorable moments. The first one's the catch. Then it's trade to the Browns, boat, fight with the net, proposing to the net. Paris Hotel Room, Commercial with Eli, Meltdown and Tunnel, Fight with Norman, Peeing in the End Zone. And his point is that OBJ's career is the catch and then a ton of off-the-field mm-hmm. issues that have just been a Some of those issues circus. on the field. Some of those issues on the field, mm-hmm. just not between the white lines. Just not during plays. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. fight with Norman was between the white lines, but it's not yeah. the kind of uh, attention that you want. It's not an actual football thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I got to say about this, though? Go ahead. First of all, obviously, Browns fans are going to say, yeah, but Colin Cowherd hates us. And, yeah, you're right. He does. He does hate you guys. He hates mm-hmm. Baker. He hates o- uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not gonna, he doesn't like you guys. I don't think he hated Baker before this. He's, ha- he's hated. He's talked trash about Baker since Baker came in the league. But the thing is, I will, and this is where I will defend Colin, mm-hmm. he actually had Baker on the show, and they had a conversation about yeah. it. Like, it wasn't a shouting but match. he still talks trash about Baker yeah, every, ta- every chance he gets. Is it talk trash, or is it, say, like, speaking his mind? He's speaking his mind, but his mind is talking trash. Okay. Uh, but, like, and, and that's Point okay, taken. because this is what, you know, your ESPN-type personalities, mm-hmm. they do. Skip loves Tebow. Stephen A. hates Tebow. You know, like, you just pick your players. Stephen A. loves the bad, bad man that's Aaron Rodgers. You better not say anything bad about him Mm -hmm. because he's not going to let you do that. You know, they all pick their players. But anyways, Mm -hmm. the thing that reminds me of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is Ocho Cinco. A little bit, yeah. That's what it reminds me of is nobody actually remembers Ocho Ocho, uh, Ocho Cinco actually playing. Chad Johnson. Well, they, I, that and actually playing, they remember his touchdown celebrations. And they remember him talking. The gold jacket thing on the sideline. Yeah, they remember the the personality, mm-hmm. the man, more than the player. Same thing with Odell. It's just that we like mm-hmm. Ocho Cinco more. Ocho and, Cinco is more fun. And the thing I wanted to bring up is he then showed – he didn't read them, but he showed them. I will read them because mm-hmm. we're not going to um, show them. It's easier just to read them. Odell and Baker, both on Twitter, retorted back at Colin. This is what Odell had to say. It's a total of four tweets, so bear with me. Now you've gone too far. Bro, I understand nobody listens to your show, but stop using my name to get clout, bro. But you're literally doing it right then and there. I let you say and do whatever you want. 
but you've gone too far now. So here's the attention you wanted and desperately needed needed I see. I had respect for you after talking on the phone. Um, this is the shit I'd be talking about with the bold TV people who see you or see you in person and have completely different convos. Two cry face laughing emojis. All of the moments got better ratings and attention than any of your shows ever. And that's not something I'm bragging about because I'm not proud, in quotes, of those. But I honestly, I really hate to even give you this spotlight. Just put some respect on my name. Um, That was a miss opportunity. You should have put respect on my name Um, Mm -hmm. as you're talking about me and my family to boost your TV shows and ratings. If I was great, the Donald Trump, all capital great, um, then you and others wouldn't talk about me this much. I don't hear much talk about anyone else at all. Next time I have media, I'm going to make sure I put an end to all of this. Just don't be putting shit out on social media, you would not say to my face or in person, you really scary to cry face emojis. Um, and then Baker said, once again, you're a clown. Now I know you're just trying to get me fired up. Most memorable moments, in quotes. Um, he's 26 and his greatest moments are ahead of him. You forget the kids and people he inspires. That goes much further than football. So, I will ask you this yeah. question, the main question of our topic. Is Odell Beckham Jr. going to be too much of a circus for the Browns? Um, well, so I, I like that you say too much because there's no denying he is a circus. He's going to be a circus. He's a circus, whether it's, whether it's good or bad. I mean, it was good for a while in New York, and it was mm-hmm. fine. Uh, same thing with Ocho Cinco, since we talked about him, another guy who made a big name for himself with the off-the-field type of stuff. When you're winning games, it's okay. Exactly, and, and it was a fine circus, and then mm-hmm. it became a little bit not fine. People weren't thrilled with it, and he ended up out of the league mm-hmm. way sooner than he should have been. Um, there's really no reason why Chad Johnson, Chad Ocho Cinco ended up out of the league as fast as he did. Mm-hmm. Um it works well when you're playing well. And Odell, I mean, even last year, a down year of only 12 games, had over 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. He's going to play fine. The problem that I think is out there is we have all crowned the Browns, and people are starting to come back off of them a little bit. Uh, but even Adam Schefter, I don't know if this was today or yesterday, but said that they're, the Browns literally can't be on primetime games enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season, and it's like you can't say that because you say that, and what's going to happen? Now they're going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much hype here that it either goes one of two ways: they win a Super Bowl and everyone's happy, or everyone's disappointed. Those are really the only two kind of options at this point because everyone has declared that they are the greatest team of all time. All of a sudden, uh, they haven't actually done that. They're just mm-hmm. kind of acting like it and building all this hype. Um, they got to be really careful. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. Not tons. It's not like I'm saying they're bad. The Cleveland Browns easily should be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of things that this team should be concerned about um, to where we got to kind of pump the brakes on the hype a little bit. Now, the question I was going to say is, and this is where I think of it, do you think HBO's kind of sitting there going, shit, we should have had the Browns on hard knocks this year? 
Like, we picked the wrong year to have the Browns on Hard Knocks. I mean, it was a good year last year, though. It was fun to yeah, watch last year. Could you imagine year. Hard Knocks with this Browns team now? Oh, like, it would be great, the type too. of circuit. Like, and I'm going to use the word circus because... That's what it is. Here's the thing I don't like. And, like, with... Is OBJ going to be the same type of person he was they, mm-hmm. with the Giants? There's a part of me that says the baseline of, yes, you're not going to... He's not going to change who he is yeah. as a person. What it comes down to is... How much of OBJ can the Browns handle? And it goes back to the comment I threw out while you were talking. Depends on how much the Browns are winning. If the Browns are winning, they go to the playoffs, they break that drought, they maybe win a playoff game, that would be huge. No one's going to care about OBJ and what he's doing off the field Mm -hmm. or anything. But if the Browns continue to be the Browns, then people are going to go, why is he here? Like, what is he doing to help us? Because that's how it was in New York early on with the catch. When the Giants were winning and competing in that division, everything was gravy. But once the team started to implode and the Ben McAdoo days happened and they started to mm-hmm. fall off and it was more the Cowboys and the Eagles and, and then this year the Redskins. Injuries and injuries for him helped into that. That's going to play a big indicator. Also, I just I look at these tweets even back at – Cow and Cowherd, and I know it's easier said than done. Not everyone's the same, mm-hmm. um, but like, there's a part of me, and I speak, I speak as though of what I would do, um, and I'm the type of person where, if I was an athlete, and Cow and Cowherd said something about me, I would look at it, hear it, shrug it off, basically go, <laughs> whatever. Don't mm-hmm. even give, like, don't even give the haters the time of day because. Like you said, when he was like, well, I know your ratings need this, then why are you doing that? And when he obviously goes, well, I really hate to give you the spotlight, then why are you effing doing it? Yeah. If you hate it, don't do it because this is the thing that makes you look bad. Well, it's not even that. It's the fact that this is exactly why he's doing it. He's, he's doing you're it. You're proving be- his point. Well, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. He's doing it because he knows that you're going to respond mm-hmm. and give him more ratings. Yeah. We're talking about Colin Cowherd today, not because of True. anything he did, but because of Odell responding. Mm-hmm. And this was something he just said at the end of one of his shows. Like, this mm-hmm. wasn't even a big, like, thing. This was just the best for last, like, last five minutes. Yeah. Here you go. The last segment, send you off happy. And this is the response. So, yeah. the least amount of work for Colin Cowherd. And you're giving them these ratings. Exactly. And uh, a side note that I, I want to mention real quick. I'm pretty sure that the Brown with HBO, they couldn't have the Browns as their team this year anyways for Hard Knocks um, because of the fact that the Browns have a new head coach. You're not allowed to have – you're automatically opted out of – of hard knocks if you have a new head coach. Oh, um, I just was going. Off I know, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that years. they can't, they can't do it. I, I think HBO really would love to have the Chiefs do it this year because of the, Patrick Mahomes. But um, the running odds, by the way, mm-hmm. um, from Vegas, Redskins are number one at five to four. Raiders are number two at five to two. Then Giants three to one. The Lions seven to two. And then the Niners at nine to one. Well, it can't be the Raiders because they're going to wait until they actually move to Vegas, just like the Rams. True. Like, um, there's odds. Well, I mean, they get it. But uh, the the other thing about this really to me is just, you know, Odell. I don't want Odell to turn himself into that player that bounces around from team to team mm-hmm. because nobody can stand actually having him there. 
Uh, and those really, really good teams, eventually they might be like, we just don't want it. You know, you're not going to mm-hmm. imagine him on a Patriots uh, because they're going to say, we don't really want to deal with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I would hate to see Odell turn himself into this guy who gets bounced around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope that he can just kind of let the let the play talk. Um, the other thing that this kind of reminds me of, and I wish I remembered exactly what it was. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Rome mm-hmm. who had somebody on his show who got really mad at him because of ca- kept some- calling him the wrong name. Yeah. Yep. And then he like tried to fight him on yeah. the show. That's what this reminds me it's- of, of like. Get- I love that. I love that clip where he's like, because mm-hmm. the guy goes, call me it one more time. And he goes, all right. And then he says it. And the guy just <laughs> right over the coffee table. Yeah, exactly. That's what this whole thing reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm expecting to see on Colin's show next. Uh, we're not going to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's kind of – that's what it reminds me of. But for me, I mean, that type of a thing. I mean, you have a big guy in the, in the national media mm-hmm. who trashes Baker, who trashes Odell right now. And you're right. It's just – just don't respond. There's only one response that I think is acceptable, and that's if you respond, okay. Yeah. That's the like, only thing I think is is now, acceptable. Baker's response I'm mixed on because mm-hmm. the beginning of it I hate where it's like the, the tone that Baker used at the beginning is like, dude, like I get it. I get what you're saying, but like don't use that tone because it doesn't help your argument. But I do like the ending where Baker's kind of like – Hey, he's got the best moments ahead of a man. Like I'm, I'm prepping up my boy. Like this is my teammate. The best moments are ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the whole clown part because it's like by calling someone a clown, by calling someone an idiot, by doing anything like that, it's not really helping your argument. It doesn't yeah. really help an argument to trash somebody because then it just it turns them off. It's like oh, you've got nothing to say. So you're just going to verbally attack yeah, the person. Exactly. That's, you're automatically going to turn mm-hmm. some people off to that. And, and I totally get he's he's the quarterback. He's going to stand up for his guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. It, it's hard. It's one thing if, like, Aaron Rodgers said that. You know, a guy mm-hmm. who's proven himself. Where Baker's second when year Baker, in the it's like, Baker, you got to still worry about yourself. He's like, still he's still got to Baker had to earn re- our respect. Yeah, he had a really good rookie mm-hmm. season last year. I am not taking that away from Baker, mm-hmm. but as I always say about rookies, prove it to me again. You yeah. got to show. It. I well, say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. He's got to show it to me again it, for me to truly believe it's it. Basically, I was listening to it was either Chris Sims mm-hmm. unbuttoned his podcast or Pro Football Talk, where Chris Sims basically was like, "It's what his dad used to always tell him. It's like, yeah, that first year is great." But the second year is the most important because it's where the guys go, all right, things that you were able to get rid of, like things you are able to get through last year, you're not going to be able to pull that this year. Like mm-hmm. we expect more out of you that second yeah. year um, where the training wheels are kind of off because you're no sudden, longer other, a rookie. Yeah, all of a sudden the teams know what your tricks are. Mm-hmm. They've had more time to study you. They've seen you. Mm-hmm. You know, it catches up. It catches up. And it's also just the – that first year, man, you're probably mm-hmm. feeling great about yourself. You know, you get that little momentum going. You got to come back and you got to do it again. It's it's tough to repeat success. And I mean, the last thing I will say is kind of to answer the question, mm-hmm. if I had to lean yes or no, I'm going to say yes. Because here's what I'm thinking. It comes down to how much success the Browns are going to have. And let's say they don't make the playoffs this year. Let's say they don't have a successful season this year people are going to start looking and saying, hey, people what's want to going point on? Fingers. Like, this is not helping us. 
we should move on. And that's how, if I had to look into my crystal ball, the Browns might have a little success this year, but then overall year two, three, is that going to continue? I do not know. They also have the, and this isn't an on-the-field issue, it's more of a kind of public um, eye looking in. They also have Kareem Hunt on their team now, which, yet again, like I'm saying, he's not someone that's caused a problem on the field, but basically what he did and why he got cut from the Chiefs, people are going to look at that and have an opinion about that. With OBJ, with someone who's already as outspoken as Jarvis Landry, and I get they were teammates, so no one's going to think they're going to get into it Mm -hmm. on the field. I just look at it and go, who's going to be the glue of this team, and is this team going to win enough? For people to be okay with yeah. what OJ OBJ brings to the table. And one thing I'm pretty sure it was Kitchens that said it, and I was mm-hmm. thrilled that someone said it, is we gotta stop pretending like a losing record was a good thing. Yeah. Uh they were seven, eight, and one. They were not a good team last year, really. Mm-hmm. Um and also apparently Kareem Hunt's following the Ray Lewis method. Uh, he got baptized okay. on Sunday. So he's gonna start just talking about he's how he's gonna start um, thanking God for everything. Thank God and God, God for this. God radio wanted show. you to win this game. Gotta thank uh, God for this podcast. Wouldn't be here without him. Apparently, uh, John Dorsey and, and Freddie <laughs> Kitchens went to uh, his baptism. I will say, for people who think I'm making fun of that, there's a part of me that but kind of believes that, but I'm just not as outspoken about it as Ray Lewis. My my thing I will say, and I probably don't need to say it on the podcast, but uh, whether you believe in God or not, mm-hmm. I think we all can agree that God's got more things to worry about than who wins a football game. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot more things to worry about than who wins a football game. How about humanity? Can we bring a little peace? But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys are thinking down below in that comment section. What do you think with the Browns, OBJ, this whole thing with him and Colin Cowherd, and then Baker getting into it? Is he going to be too much of a circus for the Browns? Let us know what you guys are thinking down below. But, Mark, let's move into our next topic. And if you're watching the full podcast on YouTube um, or coming to us from yesterday's um, YouTube episode, there was the logo because dumbass Ricky over here forgot to delete the Rick and Johnny podcast that is already uploaded from the camera. So that's why it was logo into us. But we are going from the Browns now, and we're talking about the Jets yet again. Um And for people who are not on podcast services around the world or might not have listened to yesterday's segment, Mark, before we get into the Jets and possibly hiring Peyton Manning, I want it out there one more time so that Jet fans can hear. Mm. You wanted to change something that you had said last week. I am off the Jets as a playoff team bandwagon (laughs) as soon as you fired your coach and let uh, Adam Gase take over. Fired the GM. Or GM and allow Adam Gase to take over. That makes me go, mm, I don't know if I trust these decisions being made anymore. The thing that is so humorous about it, and of course I watch High Noon every day um, after work, so of course this is where I get it from, um, but it was Bomani Jones who was basically like, yeah, how about that slice shit of basically you hire a guy to be the coach and then that guy gets you fired. Yeah. It's basically like some Game of Thrones shit going on in here. Like, hey, I'm going to name you Hand of the King. Oh, wait, that guy is going to get me killed and then going to take my place as king. Politics, man. You know, you got some uh, some people who are bad at it. Uh, you know, Cleveland last year was a terrible situation mm-hmm. with with politics not working. And everyone's like, we know who's leaking everything. Yeah. It's really obvious it's your mm-hmm. coach. Uh, and then you have a situation like this where Adam Gase is like, 
No, I totally didn't have any issues with with the GM. He just happened to get fired, and I hated him. (laughs) He just happened to get fired, and I hated him. But the news is that the Jets might hire Peyton Manning as their new GM. Mm -hmm. So this one doesn't need as much kind of setup as our last one. Although the one thing I'll say, where is this coming from? Because I have not really seen much about it uh and i just wasn't sure if it was like friend of peyton manning saying he might do it or just people are connecting dots because that was the thing with like the daniel jones draft pick with the giants mm-hmm. it was just people connecting dots saying this guy has an association with a manning well, i wonder if and i will look it up but i know the one thing that i've heard on espn numerous times is the connection between peyton manning and adam Gase because mm-hmm. they get along because peyton manning would be a guy Adam Gase yeah. could get along with. And they overlapped mm-hmm. in, in Denver, um, which is interesting. What do you think, though, with it? Is Do you think the Jets should hire Peyton Manning as their new GM? I'd rather have Peyton Manning as my head coach, I think. I mean, the man's a football genius. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stack stash him away in a room and let him take care of the business end of things. He's not a... I mean, I know that he owns some Papa John's franchises, mm-hmm. but those are things where he's not really doing anything. And he's telling you about, uh, what is it, nation, not Nationwide. Nationwide. Is yep. it Nationwide it's on your side? On your side? Um, With Brad Paisley? Yeah. Singing all them jingles and jangles? Like, the man is just kind of a walking meme, and that's why he is in all these commercials. Uh, not the kind of walking meme that his brother is. He's actually mm-hmm. uh, a nice one, I would say. Um, if anyone had seen the pictures of Eli Manning and Daniel Jones standing next to each other making basically the exact same face, you'll know about the kind of meme that Eli Manning is mm-hmm. compared to his brother. But to me, I don't doubt that that Peyton Manning is a smart businessman. Mm-hmm. Why don't I doubt that? I don't know. Maybe it's just his voice. He sounds like he could probably talk to me about stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. But I think he's such a genius football mind that I don't want him being – bogged down with all the the business side of things Mm -hmm. i would rather have him telling my my young quarterback how to become better because i trust uh peyton manning a lot more than adam Gase to turn sam darnold into a really really good quarterback so from what i'm seeing here this is from um s sny um the new york Mm -hmm. um media basically saying so this article says rumors are flying within league circles that the Jets could make a run at Peyton Manning to fill the vacant GM role. Reports Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, who adds that Manning has periodically been connected to open front office positions throughout the NFL. Um, there's also reports that, like, reports that, oh, Peyton's not interested in it. So. Like, there's no for sure that he has said yeah. no to it. He just retired a few years ago. But just enjoy retirement, Peyton. Here's the thing I don't like with this is the fact that every single— And this, to me, is lazy commentating, mm-hmm. lazy reporting, is the first thing I've heard numerous people say on different medias is, Oh, you want to bring in Peyton Manning? Well, you see what John Elway's doing in uh, Denver? Although I do think there's fairness to that mm-hmm. of just saying purely trusting somebody because they were a successful player mm-hmm. does not mean they will be a good GM. Well, there's that. That I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's your point, cool. But, like, most of it has been, like, have you seen this quarter? Like, just because John Elway has 
failed. And I'm going to use air quotes because I've also seen the point of like when well he I think he's got a Super Bowl ring with him. Basically, yeah. it's like yeah. well he's got a Super Bowl ring, so it can't be doing that. Bad. But really, that was an amazing um, defense in Peyton Manning's basically, um, and bringing in what was was that the Kubiak year? Yep, um, bringing in Kubiak to be a head coach was just genius um, from that front because it was the thing that put him over. Um, the thing that I look at is Peyton Manning is not John Elway. So we don't know if Peyton Manning would be successful in this role or not successful mm-hmm. in this role. The one thing I want from my GM, though, is the ability to see young talent and basically be able to hit in the draft. That's what I want from my GM. That's the main thing I want. Sure, because but you I, also, I mean, just hire good scouts. And you'll be all right. Yeah, but, like, there's a GM part of that, like, being in those rooms. Yes, you mm-hmm. you delegate your scouts to do the work, but at the end of the day, it falls on you to make that decision. Because yeah. um, every part of the game, like, every part of the GM game, I don't think Peyton Manning would have a bad time with. Like, managing free agents, like, I don't know how Peyton would be one-on-one with the negotiation of actual dollars. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Peyton Manning could be a guy that a player walks into the room to have a free agent meeting and Peyton makes them feel like, hey, this guy gets me. Like, he's very likable as a person. He's likable as a person, but I don't know necessarily that all players out there are going to see Peyton Manning and go, yeah, this guy gets me. Peyton Manning is a very unique I feel like through the convert, like... He's a guy that could talk his way into being into the conversation with a free agent. Like, no one's, I don't expect a player to go, man, I want to play for Peyton Manning's team. There might be some. Um, but I see Peyton more as like, if he gets that meeting with a free agent, I feel confident mm-hmm. that he could get close to securing a deal with a free agent because he knows how a player thinks, his personality. Like, he's a guy that's yeah, not but- very brash. I, and he's a likable, like he's a likable guy. Like there's not many people that I've seen are like fuck Peyton Manning, man. Right. Well, I mean, he did beat the Bears in the Super Bowl, so fuck Peyton Manning, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> right there. But uh, you know, I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I also I'm like, yeah, but Peyton Manning didn't really. Besides the one mm-hmm. time, he didn't really get to do free agency, and not. Yeah. And when he did free agency, it was this is your chance to pay anything he wants mm-hmm. for a future Hall of Fame quarterback who's almost guaranteed to get you a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit of a different scenario, I think, to where I I don't know if it's just you're talking about John Elway. No, I'm talking about Peyton Manning. If he was your GM. Well, okay. I said when he was a free agent, okay. it was a chance to get a a future Hall of Famer who's going to get you a Super Bowl. Who, and did. Ironically, the guy that people were comparing it to was the GM he signed with. Exactly. So I just don't know if that necessarily is going to work perfectly mm-hmm. just because he was a player. Um, to where, you know, quite a few of these GMs, you never hear players talk about, oh, I really want to go play for Gettleman, you mm-hmm. know, because nobody does. But, you know, p- people don't talk about, oh, I really want to play for Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. He's such a great GM. No, it's I want to play for Matt Nagy. He does some weird-ass shit, and I'm one of these players who I think is going to excel on that team. Mm-hmm. Or it's, I want to play for Bill Belichick because he's Bill Belichick. Yeah. And, they talk about the coach. And the other reason why, and I'm looking and at And I get an art- that Bill Belichick is coach and GM. I'm still. looking at an article here on Pro Football Talk of basically Peyton Manning reportedly isn't interested mm-hmm. in the job. And that's another part of it. If I'm Peyton, do I want to be the— 
A, do I want to be the GM of the Jets? Because I'm going to say the same thing we said when Mark Sanchez came to town, when any big free agent went to the Jets, of Mm -hmm. like, this is a media circus. The second this team continues to lose and is not winning, the fingers are going to point at you. And like I said, with Peyton being such a likable guy in football circles, Mm -hmm. the number one way to get... I'm not talking about like actual like players and other owners and GMs mad at you. I'm talking about more of like the fan side is basically if he goes to New York as the GM and doesn't turn around and they continue to lose. Yeah. Fans are going to there will be fans and there'll be high expectations to begin with Peyton Manning. Well, high expectations because first it's New York. Second, it's Peyton Manning. Yeah. If any team gets Peyton Manning to be anything involved. Mm Peyton Manning's the fucking water boy. And, They're going to be like, oh, my God, we're winning a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning's part of the team. And from what I've heard is I feel like this was Mark, Mike uh, Florio that I heard this from um, was basically the one thing that people say is that with you, when you said you could see him more as a coach, mm-hmm. people are saying that's not the position he would want because the number one thing that would eat at Peyton Manning is that he wouldn't have a quarterback like Peyton Manning um, only because of – the type of preparer yeah. and like just study guy that Peyton was, but I feel like Peyton would be able to kind of bring a little bit of that out in a guy, mm-hmm. or Peyton would be like, "You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're going bench. I will find a guy that does what mm-hmm. I'm able to do." The interesting thing is, did you hear what Reggie Wayne said today? No. Um, Reggie Wayne said that Peyton Manning could be a Jerry Jones type of NFL owner. Do you think that's more of a role that fits Peyton Manning? Not the GM role, an owning role for oh, a okay. team. I was going to say, I don't really understand what he means mm-hmm. by that. Does he mean bad? Um, because Jerry Jones typically is being associated with not good things the, uh, nowadays. The exact quote, and this was, um, so let's see here. The comments, so Peyton Manning is GM only if he's, also the team owner. That's the conclusion Reggie Wayne comes to um, saying on NFL Total Access that his former Colts teammate um, would be a modern Jerry Jones. The comments come in response to reports that the Jets um, have courted Manning to their GM. Here's exactly what he said. Um, Absolutely not, Wayne said about Manning's desire to take the job. You think Peyton Manning would give an owner an opportunity to fire him or have a coach backstab him um, and throw shade, Peyton would not allow that. What I do see um, him doing is being an owner somewhere down the line. He added, I think he would be the new modern-day Jerry Jones. I think he'd be the owner-slash-GM. I know that Peyton is rich, but is he that rich that's to be a, an owner? That's the question people have come up with. I don't think he is. He would probably need a group like what Jordan had when mm-hmm. Jordan bought the Hornets. Yeah, and just ask Jordan if that works out that well for him. However, he would have to be then, like, and that's the thing people bring up and, like, Reggie Wayne talks to is mm-hmm. if there's a group that Manning joins, Manning's going to be the guy that's like, I want to be the majority owner. Like, yeah. I want... 51%. Yeah. And will he get that 51%? To which those people will be like, all right, you have the money for it. Thing thing I found out today that apparently L. Davis, mm-hmm. early, like, until, like, what, I think it was the 90s or something, 
wasn't even the majority owner of the Raiders. He just strong-armed everyone in that ownership yeah. group to take control of the Raiders. If you can make it happen, if you got the personality, can boss people around. Do you think that we'll ever see Peyton Manning as an owner? No, I don't think he's. Re- I don't think he's got the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't remember the exact deal for the Panthers mm-hmm. um, when that one happened, but that was an insane amount of money. I know that Peyton's rich, but he's got a. Sell a few businesses, I think, before he's able to kind of the Panthers sold for two point two billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Peyton's got two point two billion hanging around in the bank. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that's not how it works, but still, I I don't see it coming. I don't. If I'm Peyton Manning, I don't really want anything to do with it. I had an amazing career. Mm-hmm. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm good. I'm gonna enjoy retirement. Mm-hmm. Peyton's doing what Peyton wants to do any and every single day. I mean. Is it something to where if Peyton could own a team, and I feel like the only team for me, and I don't know Peyton, I don't know mm-hmm. anyone in the circle, I don't know Archie or Eli or anything, yep. but the only thing that comes to my mind is the only two teams I could see Peyton Manning basically owning. Number one is the Colts, which is not going to happen because Jim Irsay. Um Number two is the Titans. Those are the only two teams that I could see. Why the Titans? Because of the Oilers connection? Well, not the Oilers, but he's a Tennessee, played at Tennessee, has the Tennessee connections. So that's the only reason I could see the but Titans. But then you're, you're going to own a division rival of the team you played for. See, I don't think that matters. Like, as an owner, I don't think that matters. Like, I, when you're a player, I think it matters. I mean... And he's still, he's still going to be a player at heart. Mm-hmm. I... Maybe to me it doesn't matter, like me personally, because like I was the type of person that so in high school I was in band mm-hmm. and we had this one high school that was like a half a not even a half a mile away. We fucking hated their guts. Like it was a rivalry, their school and our school. And it's like you get out, you go to college and it's like you meet some people from that. It's like, oh, I fucking hate that high school. Oh, I fucking hate mm-hmm. you. Um, and then after your second year, you're like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. Like. Why, why fucking hate someone because of to, what they went to high school? Yeah, that's, when, a, that's a different situation. When you're in like mm. in the trenches, basically Peyton Manning, it's also the same thing of, well, if you were going to be a cult for life, be a cult for life. Don't go to the Broncos. Well, they cut him. So well, I know they, that. They let him go. But it's like, you know what? Like After you're out of playing a little while, I feel like that feeling kind of, for some people, mm-hmm. dies away a little bit to where it's like you don't have – that same connection as when you were wearing those colors. I mean, the times we see it is when they're mad. We mm-hmm. we see Brett Favre go play for the Vikings because he wants to beat the Packers. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. I mean, you think Peyton Manning no, is he's a, not mad. You don't think he's a little upset nope. that they caught him at the time? Nope, I don't because they had a chance to get Andrew Luck. He's too logical of a person to say, you guys shouldn't have gotten Andrew Luck. That's the same thing, though, that players are very competitive, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's – it, it goes to the Joe Flacco they thing said, that people They are, said it themselves. They are. They already said that it was the thing to do, and they should start it. Him. It goes to the Joe Flacco thing that people are blown mm-hmm. out of proportion is when he came out and said it's basically not his job to mentor Drew yeah. Luck. I, like a I totally – we are on the not, same page. A player is not going to go, well, you know, here you go. Take my job. But he literally did say that you guys are in this opportunity. You should take him. If you pick him at number one overall, mm-hmm. you should start him. Just let me go somewhere else. 
I I'm just saying I could totally see mm-hmm. Peyton Manning going to the Titans and not even worrying that he was a Colt um, because a I don't think the feeling is as strong as it was because he went to the Broncos and played so it's like hey I went somewhere else and played but also number two there's that feeling of hey you know what if I can own this team and make this team good man if I could make this this team into the top of the division and kind of look like hey hey Indiana hey. Hey, hey, Jim, right there, buddy, right there. I mean, I could see it. I don't know I, if Peyton feels that. I disagree Obviously, I don't completely. Know. But I don't know who Peyton is, but I can tell you I he's say. not that. <laughs> but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen. Any final thoughts before we move on? Just that I disagree entirely. Okay. Jets, should they hire him if he's no. interested? Nope. Okay. This is where you guys come in. I'm on the same boat. Don't, like, it's not a Jets this is the bad part of the question. It's not should the Jets hire him. It's should Peyton take the job. I think Peyton Both answers just, are no. I think Peyton should just take his name out and say, like, reportedly not interested. No, on the record, I am not interested and put the kibosh on this. But you guys let us know what you guys are thinking down below. Peyton Manning, could he be the GM? Will he not be the GM? Should he be the GM? Let us know what you guys think in that comment section. And, Mark, let's close the podcast. Before we get into our final topic, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give the Onside Kick a five-star rating. It really helps us out, gets us into the ears of more people. So go rate and review the podcast today. And, Mark, what we are ending the show with is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not only did they sign the Dominican Sue today, um, which will be a good help to their defense. They released Gerald McCoy. Now they get into Dominican Sue um, to go with Todd Bowles' defense. But that's not the big meat and potatoes that we are talking about. The big thing you and I are discussing today is a topic I wanted to throw out last week, but we couldn't fit it into the show, so we fit it in this week. I'm going to ask you straight up. Jameis Winston, entering the last year of his rookie deal, Bruce Arians, new head coach, says, hey, I can work with Jameis Winston. We're all like, all right, we'll see how this one works. I'm going to ask you, can Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians be successful in 2019 for the Bucs? I doubt it. Um, (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Right? I mean, you know, Jameis can put up yards. He throws a decent amount of Mm -hmm. touchdowns. He also throws a lot of interceptions. Uh, But... I, I just feel like the time has kind of passed for Jameis. Uh, he had plenty of opportunity to to be successful with this team. They've mm-hmm. had some good teams put together. Not amazing teams, but they've had some good teams put together while Jameis has been here. Uh, and Bruce Arians is a great coach. But I just don't see it. At this point, I don't think we've seen very much to make me say, yeah, Jameis Winston totally going to be successful NFL career. Um you know, I, I just don't really see it at this point, and I think that this was just a, we've got one year left, let's just say the right things, we give them the trial year, and we'll get somebody next year. Yeah, I I am completely, like, when I'm going through the order order of the draft that, like, Todd mm-hmm. McShay came out with for his way too early, I could not pick a first destination for a quarterback besides Tampa Bay. And how I think this season is going to go is so Jameis hasn't played a full year, full 16 games since his second year in the league. Um, so he's only so had two 2016 years. 2016 yeah. was his last full year. Then 13 games in 2017, where the team went 3 and 10 under his time. And then last year, 
He started nine games but played 11 games, and in those nine games he started, three and six. Like, this is a team that has not – they've had one winning record under Jameis Winston, and that was his second year at nine and seven. Um, this is a team that's been six and ten, nine and seven, three and ten, and three and six. So a total of 21 and 33 with Jameis Winston. And I know what people are going to say. He hasn't been set up for success. Like, this is a team that hasn't given him the pieces. Well, he's had Mike Evans. He had Evans. some really like, nice offensive weapons. He's had Mike Evans. He had Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. He Like, the muscle hamster wasn't a bad running back. Um, this is just a guy to me that I don't think can get it done. I don't think he's a guy that brings your team to the promised land. He is not a guy that brings your team success in the NFL. And to me, it's basically just a situation of, I don't think Jameis Winston is a hunt. Like, yes, is he focused on football enough to where he hasn't lost his job yet? Yeah. But yet again, Jameis Winston, to me, the whole thing through his career, and even in college, I've always felt like, Jameis Winston cares a little bit too much about having fun. Basically, the off-the-field issues have followed him, not as much as OBJ that we've talked about earlier, um, but it just I don't think that he's put in enough of the work to get things done because like, if I look at his stats, the thing that stays true the entire time, 20, 22-15, 28 to 18, 19 to 11, 19 to 14. That's his touchdown to interceptions. This is a guy who the touchdowns have gone down, and I know games have gone down as well, um, but the interceptions have stayed. Like, And that's the thing of he might get you touchdowns, but he's also going to turn over the ball. He has not limited his turnovers in four years. What makes you think he's going to be able to do that this year with Bruce Arians? Yeah, and there is a benefit in his completion percentage has gone up every year. Uh, and he does, in the past, he's shown you he can put up numbers uh, as for yards and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just think that he's had times where he's had good wide receivers. He's had O.J. Howard. He's had a really good tight end. He's had some pretty good uh, running backs. There's been things about this team that haven't been good as well. But to me, I just feel like they this— they should have been able to get more out of it, and it's not 100% Jameis' fault. I don't want to put it all on him, but I think when you get a new head coach, eventually they're going to want a new guy, uh, their guy, and what better time to do it than next year after mm-hmm. his fifth-year option is over. Well, and here's the other thing I think of is, so this will now be Jameis's third coach mm-hmm. under his five-year career. The first one was Lovey Smith that he only had for a year. Basically, that was the one of, oh, we went 6-10. and 10. We should have made the playoffs. Lovey's not going to do it. Get him out of town. Dirk Cotter, you're the OC. You can work with this guy. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Dirk Cotter went, what, 19-29 and 29 in three years with Jameis Winston? And I know people are going to say, oh, but Ricky, he only got one full year with Jameis Winston. Yeah, that wasn't Dirk Cotter's fault. That was Jameis Winston's fault because there was a part of it where he was suspended for games. And then even last year when he came back from that suspension, you had the 
Dirk Cotter couldn't make up his mind of who he wanted to be the starting quarterback. Yep. Oh, hot hand Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, we're going back to Jameis. Ooh, Jameis didn't play good. Let's go back. Like, you're not going to have success if every Gotta other pick somebody. week you're flip-flopping quarterback to quarterback. If you got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. Exactly. You just pick one. You pick one and let them roll with it. Yeah, and to me, it's just the circumstance. I mean, I kind of see through the Bruce Arians. I think I can work with uh, Jameis Winston. You just think I, it's him saying I the think right the thing. second part, the the rest of that sentence is, for now. <laughs> uh, I could work with Jameis Winston for 2019. Yeah, I can work with him right now because he's the guy who's here. Mm-hmm. And my other option is Blaine Gabbert. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to work with what he's got right now, and they're going to be okay, I bet. I bet they'll be, you know, 6-10. and 10. They'll be all right. Not great, not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll probably be drafting another quarterback next year because Bruce Arians will want to have his guy. Now, here's the question I'm going to ask you. Let's say we'll stick with that so we have a base foundation. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're 6-10. and 10. Let's say they are. The draft order ended up being what um, the projections and the analytics are. The analytics. Um, the analytics. Um, what the analytics kind of say. So that means the order would be, I'm going to pull it up really quick. The order would be Dolphins at one, Cardinals at two, Broncos at three, Redskins at four, Raiders at five, Bucks at six. So they're the sixth pick with five teams ahead of them. Mm-hmm. You've gone six and ten this year. You're kind of unsure about Jameis. Let's say he had similar stats to his first year because they also went six and ten that year. So let's say he had um, just over four thousand yards, twenty or uh, twenty-two touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. Um, we'll say a completion percentage of around sixty. We'll say he broke the sixty mark because mm-hmm. um, his completion percentage has gotten yep. better each year. Are the Bucks looking at that point? Are you looking to keep Jameis and saying, you know what, we can work with them? Are you looking for free agency? Or is the Bengal or would the Bucks be a team that it's like, hey, we're at six. We're fucking trading up with the Dolphins or Cardinals because they don't need a quarterback. Well, I, I don't know that I would trade up. Um I, I might be happy with whoever I get at six. Mm-hmm. I think you'll probably be okay. This year showed you that, you know, you can get a quarterback mm-hmm. later. You know, there was good quarterbacks available. Well, this I feel like this class in 2020 is going to be closer to the class mm-hmm. we saw in 2018. Potentially, but there's also should be less teams that need quarterbacks. A lot of teams in the past few years have gotten their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You look at who we expect to need a quarterback, maybe the Raiders, which the would Buccaneers, be in this situation, the, the Raiders would be right above at yep. five. But if you're this quarterback class is supposed to be so good, mm-hmm. quarterback number two is not going to be that bad. I'll throw it out this way then. Mm-hmm. Let's say the three teams you decide um, are needing quarterbacks. The Raiders are right above the Bucks at five. The Titans in this situation are at 21. So the analytics are assuming the Titans are going to have a pretty good year. So maybe so they, in that case, they probably one, wouldn't get rid of yeah, Marcus Mariota. Maybe they stick with one of their quarterbacks. But even so... If the Dolphins and Cardinals, with how we expect in this draft class, we haven't seen them play exactly. this year, so there's that grain of salt. But let's say for the sake of argument that Tua lights it up this year and is mm-hmm. the clear favorite over Justin Herbert, and those two guys 
are one, two. With the Bucks, would you be more inclined to then, let's say Jameis is off the table. You know, we got to move on from him. I kind of almost feel the Bucks then might be a team that trade up for a quarterback, but at the same time, they may sit there and go, yeah, what happened last time we took a quarterback at number one? The last time we took a quarterback at number one ended up being Jameis Winston, and how did that play out? I'm not yeah, saying that Winston I, is, I like, like, Tua is like Winston, because I even have to double-check myself. I believe the – no, they did not. Um, I thought they traded up no, for that pick. That they did pick. not. Um, that was one of the years, surprisingly, we did not see a trade until the 15th pick when the Chargers traded up for Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon. Um, but that's another thing that I think of is depending how Jameis Winston does, it's going to affect the Tampa Bay quarterback pool. And I would not be surprised if, let's say, they're 6-10 and 10 and they're the sixth pick. If they do do decide, hey, we're going to trade up to try to get a quarterback because the thing is, it's like, is a guy going to fall to them or mm-hmm. is somebody going to shock us and say, hey, we're moving on from our veteran quarterback could be. and we're trading up into that pool. Big Ben could retire. Drew Brees mm-hmm. could retire. Aaron Rodgers could decide he doesn't like playing football anymore. Yeah. Uh, you never know. And a lot of things could happen. Yeah, it's totally possible. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. if they absolutely need to. I just think a lot of times teams end up regretting the trade up for a quarterback. Of course, they also end up regretting not having a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a tricky situation to be in. Uh, but it's going to be tough. And we got to see how these quarterbacks play uh, in college, see how many of them are available. If it was a year like this one, you'll be all right just waiting for whoever you mm-hmm. got. Um you know, it, it could work out just fine. But, you know, a thing to think about, too, if this was the Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. Bucks would have been all right. Yeah, and that's probably the thing with that one, though, is, and yet again, I will say, mm-hmm. these guys, we haven't seen them play yet, but I feel like already this is becoming the class that I feel like we're already talking about these quarterbacks right now. Like we were already talking about the quarterbacks in the 2018 draft, but we do it all the time. We do it every year. Do we though? Because yeah, we weren't talking we about da- we weren't talking about Daniel like Daniel Jones. We were not talking in the same vein. But, but Daniel Jones is an exception because Daniel Jones should not have gone in the first round. But I'm even saying like, but we were talking about Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. We were talking about um, well, Justin Herbert would have been the best quarterback in yeah. this draft if he came. But out. we were talking about him plenty of times. Mm-hmm. We talk about the quarterbacks every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I think we probably did say that it was not as strong of a class that year, but we still talk the quarterbacks because, up every year. Like the main thing for that the Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. year, it was a two dog race that year. It was Mitch and Deshaun. Yeah, that's who we were looking at, and we were shocked when Deshaun Watson fell all the way to twelve. That when Mitch Trubisky got taken at number two, mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson fell like. I remember watching that draft at Dave's house, and I was thinking to myself, holy shit, like, Patrick Patrick Mahomes? Like, he went that high? Because Patrick Mahomes in college was just like, yeah, he, he was good at Texas Tech, but no yeah. one was putting him but, on the radar. But it made – he was on the radar for a first-round pick, mm-hmm. and it made sense to the team he went to. No, but I'm he saying – He went to the like, Chiefs, a team that didn't need him to play. It I made bet perfect you, sense. I bet you if you look at our mocks, we had him as a second-round guy, I believe. I don't. I, I don't know. We might have. I didn't have him as high as we did. Like I know for sure. I 
can't remember mocking Patrick Mahomes in the first round. I don't remember that either, but it was one of those things where at the time it wasn't necessarily that surprising Mm -hmm. that the Chiefs picked a quarterback that can sit and learn behind Alex Smith. No, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't shocking that, like, I was shocked that a team actually traded up for him because I didn't expect him to be, like, I expected Mm -hmm. him to be there where the Chiefs made their pick. That was where the shock value came in. But, yeah, with J- getting back to Jameis Winston, I just, I, if I was a Bucks fan, I would not be excited for this year because of the main sense of, yes, his completion percentage has gone up, but what proof has Jameis Winston shown me that another new head coach is going to help him get better? Yeah. Like, that's the thing I'm sitting at. Like, is Bruce Arians going to be the magical quarterback whisperer to bring the most out of Jameis Winston? Probably not. And, and Bruce Arians did great things in uh, in Arizona, but he also got kind of lucky with Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. Carson Palmer's a really good quarterback uh, that had a resurgence. Um, so I, I I wouldn't believe it either. The one good thing, of course, that Bucks fans can tell themselves is, hey, Marcus Mariota's not very good either, so at least yeah. we didn't make the wrong pick. So if you had to put your money on it and predict it, mm-hmm. what A— what do you think the season's going to look like for the Bucks and Jameis Winston? And based off of that prediction, your second prediction is what do do the Bucks go re-sign Jameis, free agency, or draft to get their next quarterback if they yep. move on? Uh, like I said before, six and ten I think is pretty right around there. Not terrible, but not good. Uh, I think Jameis does okay, uh, but I think that they will decide to move on and draft a quarterback. Yeah, I'm at the same one. I'm going to say 6-10 and ten at the best. Um, obviously not looking at the schedule right now. Um, and really at this point, like, I've come to realize that focusing and kind of, um, what's the word, I'm obsessing about the schedule does you no good because, like, Reuben Foster went down today um, for the Redskins. So usually sure anything um, can happen. And we hope Reuben um, has a speedy recovery because I believe he tore his ACL. Um, was the reason why he's going to be out for now the rest of the year. But, yeah, I'll say 6-10 and ten at the best. They're going to be a top-10 pick for sure in my mind, um, maybe even a top-5. I think they should move on from Jameis Winston, and we'll probably get it through the draft. But I wouldn't be surprised if James, I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Arians is like, man, I could really work with them again. Let's bring them back because <sighs> – but they gotta re-sign him, so that's a that's a GM move. Yeah, and I also I also feel like the big thing also is the fact of, hey, let's go ahead and kind of what is that dollar price gonna be and how much is Jameis gonna want and how much is the GM and stuff gonna go, yeah, but this is what you're worth. Mm-hmm. This is what you're worth to us based on what we've seen. Yep. Um, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. What are your expectations for the Bucks for Jameis Winston? Um, can Bruce Arians get the best out of him or just being Debbie Downers? Let us know what you guys think down below. Make sure to also hit us up on patreon.com backslash most of podcast for as low as a dollar. You get the MVP podcast a month early. Game of Thrones is over. Mark and I talked about it on the MVP podcast. You can get it this week before everyone sees it. Um, in June, and then you can get June, uh, July's a month early um, in June. You can also join the podcast, uh, $10 a month. You get to join a podcast and talk about whatever you want to talk about on any podcast you want. 
Also, make sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.